The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and welcome to yet another show on the Voice America Network. I'm absolutely de- delighted um, about the show today around kindness, uh, around the value and practice in the real, real world with uh, Nick Haynes. Um, but I, before I introduce you to Nick, I want to say a, a huge thank you to my guest last week who um, talked to me about, really about how to be a critical friend, but also in business, but also shared um, his sort of methodology and areas of uh, support um, for growing small business and he was responsible for 600 uh, small businesses in terms of supporting them around their development and growth um, Richard Pitt so if you've not listened to that interview I would so recommend it he was absolutely jam-packed with gems and ideas from somebody who is working with a phenomenal amount of uh, businesses and really helping them to elevate themselves to the next level so I also got some good ideas and pointers myself so do go into the archive and do listen to that if it's of interest. So today we're going to talk about kindness. And it seems that in life and business, we, we frequently experience both the presence, but also the absence of kindness. Now, during this show, I'm going to be interviewing and introducing to you uh, Nick Haynes, uh, the creator of the Vitality Test. Now, Nick is also an entrepreneur. He's an international speaker. He's an author, a strategist, a teacher in Chinese energetics. And for over 35 years, he's been practically applying the wisdom of Chinese philosophy within personal development and business and health and leadership, relationships and international change. He describes himself as a kindness ambassador and life architect. He's someone that's dedicated to spreading kindness throughout the world while supporting individuals and organizations to design and build structures that support their success and coexistence. Now, from my experience of Nick, He's somebody who just so embodies these principles of kindness. It really kind of oozes out of every pore. He's a pleasure to spend time with. However, this is not just, you know, words and, uh, and, uh, and being. It's actually also exceptional results. And he's created in the past a, a really exceptional business. And he's doing that uh, once again. Now, one of my corporate clients recently said to me, Chris, we just don't talk about kindness in business enough it's it's so important and I'm looking for organizations that to work with that really do embody that kindness and they were a large corporate business so I thought it was time that we got Nick on the show so um, today we'll be talking about kindness we'll be talking a bit about ancient Chinese philosophy we'll be talking about better understanding this and how we really um, you know utilize kindness within ourselves and to add value within our business. So a huge, huge welcome to my guest today, uh, Nick Haynes. Oh, 
Well, thank you so much for having me here, Chris. Absolutely been looking forward to this one big time. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Nick and I are actually together uh, in this in this uh, my home sort of office studio. Um, so it's nice to be doing that today with Nick. We actually don't live too far apart. Whereabouts are you based, Nick? I live in a, a small village just outside Nottingham, Radcliffe on Trent. So not too far away from you. We could almost be neighbours. <laughs> well, we, we could almost be neighbours. And that's um, some of you, if you've heard of Nottingham, if you're listening from America or, or somewhere around the world, you, you probably think of Robin Hood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and his yes. Merry Men and Sherwood Forest and that sort of thing. Um, do people still find Sherwood Forest? Does it still exist? Oh, yes. But Sherwood Forest exists and the major oak, which was a, an oak tree that uh, Robin Hood was meant to live in, in his tights, obviously. <laughs> actually you probably pulled it a few times i would imagine <laughs> living in that tree um but that still exists doesn't it so you can have a look at that so nick you know to really just sort of start this it would be great if you could you know tell us a bit about your background and you know where did this interest in kindness sort of emanate from yeah um so I'm uh, 58, and as someone told me recently, I had the perfect face for radio, which is really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, my background is Chinese medicine, philosophy. Uh, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And I think the whole kindness thing is a really interesting thing. I, th- I think it's like many things in life. It kind of starts when you're really young, and you start to have really early experiences. And I, when I was five years old, my mother was very ill, and I was fostered. And I was moved from one family to another, and I experienced incredible kindness from these people that took, we were, I was one of five children, and we were moved from different families, but these people were just incredibly kind. And at the same time, I was going to a school that was actually really quite harsh and tough. Um, it was a very well-to-do school, but actually it had a very unkind so I had a juxtaposition, two things going on, tremendous kindness with these people, and then this school, and then I... Uh, I then moved to Edinburgh. I went to a different school, which was a Rudolf Steiner school, which is a very compassionate and kind school. And then I saw how the education worked there and how it brought people on. Then I moved to a North London school, which was very harsh with no kindness. So I I had all these experiences Mm. of seeing what happens when you are and what happens when you aren't and what that does to people. And then working for 35 years with individuals who... Some of those people experience really unkind existences and other people. It just really got me thinking, actually, you know what? This is one of the things that we need to really try and grasp hold of. How do we create a kinder world? And I've been so looking forward to exploring this with you. Yeah. And have you have you found, for example, maybe, you know, quite a few schools and things having got kinder? Because I can remember in my life as a, a child actually the same as you that I mean there were you know kind teachers but actually you know I actually on one or two occasions even experienced what I describe as brutality um, but I look at my children's experiences at the moment and it just seems a kinder place is is that are we getting kinder or um, or does it really depend <laughs> I, I th- I, that, that's such a good question I think I think the reality is we think we are but my challenge to that question would be, is it kind to a child from a very early age to start to measure them in a particular way that may suit other ch- some children, might not suit other children? So we put our kids under enormous amounts of stress by trying to measure their ability. 
Uh, I don't actually think that's kind. So I think mm. we've lost the classic brutality perhaps in schools, but actually we've, we've replaced it with the enormous stress we put our kids under. And that's why we see lots of anorexia, why we see lots of behavioral problems, lots of things going on, because actually they're really under stress. And they're under stress because actually the educational system is not kind in terms of how we're constantly measuring them as being successful or unsuccessful from a very, very early age. I think you need to be uh, talking and working with the government. I mean, that would be a, a, good, a good idea because uh, I, I really do uh, agree with you there. My, my son's 11, my eldest one, and uh, the SATs tests that they have to sit exams now, the results are about to be sort of released shortly, but the, uh, it's already been um, identified that 60, was it, sorry, 39% of um, those 11-year-olds haven't met the standard. Uh, and... Therefore, there's going to be 39% of kids, actually, who are already at 11 years old feeling a state of inadequacy. And actually, when you look at what they're being measured about, my, my kids in there, son in his grammar was um, having to identify subjective clauses uh, in sentences. Well, I've, I've got a book that I have, was published and I never, I don't understand what a subjective clause actually is. So you have to question some of the relevance of what they're being tested on. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and, it, and we recognise as in business, as in lots of things, we have to make uh, our money work for us. It has to be valued for money. But I don't think our schools, I think we think they're kind, but I think this measurement is a real issue as in case in point. So moving on a little bit in your life, I know you had a very successful acupuncture and medicine business and there was actually a two-year waiting list uh, without any marketing to see you personally. Um, I'm sort of interested to know, I guess, whether some of the symptoms of some of your patients in two years actually gone away. But um, I wonder, how, you know, how did you achieve that? Was kindness uh, a part of that philosophy? Uh, yes, I think I think it was at uh, I think it was at times, but some of it is using Chinese energetics and Chinese philosophy to understand what actually goes on within businesses. Um, so you look at a business like health, and there's a particular set of thinking that comes out from it, and it's primarily based around the fact that if you're marketing and saying you're not busy, in our heads that means you're not very good. So health is different in a way to other businesses because you can't say you're not busy because that means then you're not very good. So the classic thing you have with health businesses, you ask most health professionals and lots of really good coaches and lots of other businesses, what's your best way to get clients? And they say word of mouth. And then they leave that process to be a actually fairly random process of word of mouth. And I left mine as a fairly random process, but luckily did something that actually meant that um, most people I saw, I, I didn't know where they came from. Because most word of mouth, you speak to someone and it, then uh, they might come to see you. But I was doing something that actually meant that probably five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people removed were coming to see me, wow. and that is an enormous number of a number of people. Um, and that's something I refer to as uh, I got a really good legend. So I got a really good sense of uh, it was a th something about me that was being transmitted. Like Robin Hood, yeah. he travels through time. He steals from the rich and he gives to the poor. I had a similar legend that would travel through time and through groups of people. And that's what got me. That's what got me busy. And some of the stuff I teach sometimes is, OK, how do you create your legend so that people will come and uh, talk about you send people to you and and stuff so there, there are qualities of a legend 
mm. that you can you can create. <laughs> it's going to be going to be very interesting if in a few hundred time years time people are still talking about about Nick Haynes, <laughs> <laughs> like they are Robin Hood, <laughs> and he came from Nottingham as well. <laughs> so how how tell us you know how would you really define kindness? Oh, that's such a good such a good question. Um, well, I think kindness it's um, it's something that lives in the space between love and compassion. It's, it occupies that space, and it's true kindness is the art of being considerate to yourself, other people, and the planet in equal balance and ideally at the same time. So it's something that is hard to define, but it sits somewhere between love and caring, say, and compassion. It's not compassion and it's not just pure caring. It's actually an active process of being kind. And then it's this art of how do you, how you consider it to yourself, how you consider it to other people, and how you consider it to the planet all at the same time in relative equal balance. And it's an art. Uh, so so it's, um, that's my best my best take so far mm. on how I define kindness. Mm. <laughs> I, can, I can see a good book, The Art of Kindness, I can see uh, coming out. And I think, no, I think you're right. I think it is, it is an art, isn't it? And as I guess as we'll talk when we get into the second section, sometimes there's, uh, there's balances to be had, isn't there, between oh. you know, being kind to yourself versus being kind to someone else. And you know, there's some decisions to be made in that, in that journey of kindness. But I wonder, you know, what is you know for example in we'll start with business you know what is the value do you think when kindness is present so the 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 value of having kindness Mm. okay um well i think you can extend it to us personally and to business and i and i think there's um three areas that really kind of to do with stress uh safety and sustainability and that affects both businesses so when we are unkind to ourselves, say we don't eat well, we don't look after ourselves, we don't sleep, whatever, it creates stress in our system and that might create illness. Um, in the same way as when we aren't kind to our employees and we don't work, understand who they are and what they need, it creates stress in them and therefore that creates illness and lack of productivity and etc. Um, and then there's the, there's the safety thing. We're kind of, I think we're hardwired to be kind and a lot of studies have shown up that actually we're quite hardwired to be altruistic to be kind to be supportive because it actually probably really helped our survival Mm. uh, helped us our safety it created better safety so i think the value to business is if you create a kind environment where there is low levels of low levels of stress better productivity less illness etc from the safety point of view of the business that's actually a really good move because there is a spare capacity for people to be able to step up when required, whereas when people are on the absolute edge of exhaustion because they're not being kind to themselves and the business isn't being kind to them, then uh, there's a problem. And the same goes with the, the planets. Uh, uh, a lot of the issues that we're seeing at the moment in the world uh, that are to, are to do with that actually, you ask this question, have we actually been kind to the planet? And I think the answer to that would be no, and therefore we're seeing... Um, we're seeing stress from the planet and we're seeing weather patterns change and whether or not you believe in climate change, but we are seeing stress. We're seeing stress in the oceans. Uh, we're seeing issues around our safety because suddenly there is a conflict. There's a, a, a sense of lack, a, a, an enormous stress because politics isn't kind. Economics isn't kind. 
um, the conversations that go on in our parliaments are not kind, considerate conversations where you actually are considerate to yourself and to other people and the organization at the same time. And I think the net result is we end up with a real challenge within our sustainability and both the sustainability, say, of ourselves as an individual, if we're not kind of considerate to ourselves, the sustainability of our businesses, because you you can only borrow so much for so long off people without having some. We've seen recently in business, we've seen a decrease in productivity again. Mm. Um, and what's that? It's because people are unkind. Um, and so we're seeing sustainability issues with a lot of businesses, the sustainability issues in the health service. I know we've got both our wives work in the health service. There is a sustainability, sustainability issue with the staff that work there, and that's a business. And then there is the kind of sustainability of the planet, which is a big, big, big question itself. But it, if there was a fundamental core question of is this kind and could we be kind, is there a way to, to create a situation where kind to the individual or the business, kind to the people that work and kind to the planet, then it changes that whole dynamic. Mm. So I think it's a really critical, a really, really critical thing to get uh, to get right. Um, There's a lovely example with, I think it was um, Alcan, mm. uh, the aluminium uh, company. And I think the CEO was called Paul O'Neill. Uh, and he was brought in, in to to sort out a really ailing company. And when he stood up at his first meeting with shareholders and uh, and, and those people who were kind of important in the stake, stakeholders around him, he said he had one in, one objective, and that was to uh, improve safety and make um, make safety for the employees the number one priority. Because too many people were being injured, you know, killed in the production of. Uh, of aluminium and um, all sorts of people took their money out of the, the, the business and uh, you know the valuation um, dropped enormously but a few years later gee they wish they kept their money in because actually it, you know productivity went up through the roof and people was a, suddenly it was a kind company and a kind culture and uh, and stock market performance went through the to the ceiling so you know really um I think a good example. I think that probably yeah. demonstrates. Yeah, no, that's absolutely that's an absolute great example of where it can and happen. And and actually, we've got to change our thinking. And sometimes people kind of have got to really kind of trust trust that actually there is perhaps a different way of doing it. Yes. So yes. it's a great great example. Excellent. Well, I thank my friend at uh, Engagement Multiplier, um, yeah. Stefan Wiesenbau, um, who uh, mentioned that example to me yesterday. So uh, I shall go into a commercial break now, and after the break, we'll come back and we're going to talk about kindset. We're going to talk about balances and things like that uh, around um, being kind to yourself, kind to others, and that sort of thing. So do join us again after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America 
is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Nick Haynes, and we're talking about kindness and the value and practice of it in the real world. So, uh, Nick, when I've heard you talk about kindness, you... You tend to talk about kind set. What do you mean? Okay, well, um, well, kind set is is actually a term that was gifted to me by a very successful businessman. We were having a conversation about kindness. Suki Walla Walla, do you know him? No. no absolutely fantastic. Multi-millionaire at 21. Wow. And we were talking about kindness in business. Mm. And he said, you know what just flashed into my head? The word kind set. It's like mindset, except it's all about kindness. Mm. So it isn't something I created. It was something that he came up in a conversation we were having. And, uh, and I'm just kind of built on that. And it's really this idea that um, we have a particular mindset about business or a particular mindset about how we are with our families. Or, uh, and we often spend a lot of time trying to cultivate a, a healthy mindset for various situations. And kindset is exactly the same, except it's about kind, kindness. How do you create a way of thinking that creates more kindness for you, other people around you, and the planet. And it's like any mindset or any set of thinking, it takes a while a while to do. So the idea was to really name this process of creating more kindness, like say for yourself, other people around you. And kindset is such a nice way to describe that. So it's the, the practice of developing a way of thinking to do with kindness mm. um, and consciously do that. Mm. And consciously do that. Yes, excellent. Um, it sort of got me thinking. I'd, I'd rather I'd quite like my children studying a module on kindness or kind set, yeah. uh, rather than um, some of the stuff that they do have to learn. You know, because it's it's something you can own, isn't it? I I own. I have a certain kind set, and I'm proud of it. I have a certain mindset, and I'm proud of it. And it's something that tangible, and you own, and you can and you can work on. You can work on. So I think it's a very powerful concept. So I thank Suki very much for gifting that to the world. Home <laughs> to brilliance, as he has he has many. <laughs> well, they all say, they all say you know no, no man achieved anything of great significance on their own. You know we that's a great thing about being with people, isn't it? You you pick up and learn things from others. I'm sort of really you know, interested in in how you get the balance between 
being kind to yourself and kind to others. I meet lots of people who are, you know, maybe doing lots of things for charity or, you know, they're doing things that are very, very good natured. But what they seem to forget often about is that when working very hard is, is to actually be kind to themselves and realize actually they deserve to have a good life as well. You know, they're sort of spending the time on a mission helping others. So I'm really interested to know, you know, where is there a, you know, where is that balance, if there is one, between being kind to yourself and kind to others? Yeah, I think you've hit upon what people would think is the hardest thing to do to get right. And it is actually for a lot of people. It's a really hard thing to get it, to, to, to get it right. But there are, there are ways and processes you can do it. I mean, in fact, some of it is asking the question, uh, when you're in a situation, is this kind to me? Is this kind to other people? And is this kind to the planet? The very nature of asking that question starts moving you on that on that journey to consider that as a possibility. Because it's very, very easy. You think kind of, okay, what I'm being here is I'm being kind to someone. But in the process, you're not kind to yourself. So are you being kind or are you sacrificing? There's a, there is a difference between the two. And sometimes it's just a matter of pausing and reflecting and asking the question, is this kind to me? Is this kind to someone else? And is this kind to the planet? And the very nature of asking those questions start to develop this kind set, this way, this, this way of thinking. And the more you do that, the more it starts to become a, a natural process. So I think that's, that's one aspect to it. And the other aspect is it's, Uh, it's having a bit of a paradigm shift in our thinking. We tend to think that something is either this or that. Uh, And that's very much the kind of Newtonian physics. It's this or it's that. Whereas if you look at quantum physics, for example, they will say that two things can exist at exactly the same moment in time in different places, and they change as a result of the observer. So it's the same with kindness. You can actually have two things existing at the same time, but you have to, be, you have to change your thinking and, and, and allow yourself to, to mold that possibility. And sometimes it's really hard to do it, but it's like lots of things in life that are really hard. It's actually the payoff is enormous. The payoff is absolutely enormous. If you, if you get it right. But it's, like I said, it's an art. Right at the beginning, I said kindness is an art of getting being considerate to yourself and the people and the planet simultaneously as much as you possibly can and in balance. So it is an art form and, and it takes time and practice. But fundamentally asking the question, is this kind? And our imagination and our, uh, and our unconscious mind, and our, we know whether it is or not. And you just get the answer and then you act on that answer. You might ask, well, and how could I be? more kind how could i be tell english more much more better kind to myself how could i be more kind to myself in this situation or more kind to someone else so it's a um it's an art yes so we can get it and is this is the significance in the order of those questions so you said you know first you were saying is this kind to me then is it kind to others and then is it kind to the world uh is, is there a is that the sequence? Should you be asking the question for yourself? Yes, it's kind to me. Is it kind to others? Yes. Is it kind to the world? Probably. Because um, <laughs> um, I, you know, I sometimes see people are maybe saying, is that kind to others? Yeah, yeah, that's really kind to others. Is it kind to me? Um, maybe I get a good feeling out of doing, doing, giving all my time to charity, but then may go on and do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's that classic thing. I, I think it has to be in that order. 
Because unless we can fundamentally respect and are kind to ourselves, because that's the hardest one, we usually aren't. But the bottom line is we aren't usually kind to ourselves. We're selfish, and we, but that's not the same as being kind to ourselves. So I do encourage people to go that way. Start, it starts out with you. You're a role model to your children. You're a role model in business. You're a role model in your work. And that involves you being kind to yourself first. And mm. then think, once you get that, things are much, much easier. So I think it's important to get that way around. Yeah, it's good to, good sort of, you know, some helpful thinking in that as well, I think. You know, that, that whole act of being kind to yourself uh, I, I noticed I was in something yesterday, and uh, and something I'd I'd achieved was was highlighted, and and I actually realised in the way that it was highlighted in front of those of those people that I actually wasn't giving myself the credit for what I'd actually achieved. I never really had done, you know. It's kind of like I'm thinking my mind's on the next thing. So um, I actually came away with a sense of thinking actually. That is quite significant. I've, you know, I've done 250, two or three hours of radio shows, and we've had over a million accesses. But I've never really given myself the credit. It's always about, yeah. you know, the next thing. So, yeah, and 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 you like many things have side effects. And one of the side effects of being kind to yourself is actually to start valuing yourself more. And if we value ourselves more, we're less competitive. We're competitive in a healthy way. And self-esteem goes up, we, we, we feel bolder, we're more able to take on things if we feel good about ourselves. So, yeah, it's a classic example. If you can be kind to yourself, it's a sign that actually I'm all right as an individual and I have the right to exist, etc. Um, so, yeah, it's a really important one. Yeah. So tell us about the vitality test. You know, why did he create it and what is it? Okay. Um, so the vitality test is based on uh, Chinese energetics. Chinese energy it was used in um, these energies were used in ancient China and they actually formed the basis of one of the most successful dynasties nearly 3,000 years ago and they used the energies for politics for business for economics for um, education they used it in a whole host of different ways and then most of that information was just lost in a particular period of time and so what I did was I took a lot of uh, that and it was it was lost but actually still remained in medicine so I took a lot of the information out from medicine, and it's basically looking at measuring our energy type, our uh, energetic blueprint, the way that we were born, and finding the value in that and the challenges in that. And what the vitality test is, it measures uh, uh, the balance of five energies you have within you. I'm always weird saying energies. It's something we're talking business and all mm. of a sudden, but most things do come down to having something, having a certain vitality, a certain sense to it. So do you want me to quickly look at the yeah, energy? Please. Yeah, please. Um, so uh, water energy, that's, a, that's one of the first energy. And, and within us as an individual, every one of these energies creates a question within us, uh, an eternal question. And the eternal question for water energy types is, is this safe? Am I safe? Yeah. So Richard Branson, typical water energy type, He's all the time, we buy into his brand because it makes us feel safe. His stuff is always, is this safe? Am I safe? He has a bit of another energy, fire energy, which makes him fun and thing. But his fundamental thing is, is this safe? And he'll go into outer space in a hot air balloon made of tinfoil to answer the question, is this safe? And we rely on him for safety. And that's why he's in airline industries, etc. Then you have uh, wood energy and 
um, that that eternal question that they have going on is, am I free? Are we free? So the laptop millionaires are often the innovative, they're creative, they come with lots of ideas, but their core question is, am I free? And their freedom matters to them. And the same way is you'll have people that will uh, fight for other people's freedom. You block them in and you squash them in and they become very uh, irrational and, and um, it, it creates a, a real tension in them. If you try and tell them what to do or hold them, they, they, they want their freedom. Innovators, different thinking, break the mold. Then you have the fire energy types and their perpetual eternal question is, uh, am I loved? Um, is this being, am I being approved of? How are you relating to me? And they're... Often you'll find them in their sales or their talking, communicators, or um, uh, and they're all the time looking for how is this with you? Are you are you connecting with this? How does it make you feel? How are you feeling about me? And they have this ability to the fire energy. People warm to them very quickly. So we know your energy. You've got a yeah. chunk of fire energy. You yeah. do you do these radio shows, and people warm to you really quickly. You get the best from them, and then you have a a, 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 a fun conversation that's tremendous value. And that's that fire energy. Yeah. Uh, then you have uh, earth energy, and earth their eternal question is, am I under am I understood, and do I understand? So they're always searching for the understanding and the meaning in something. How does this fit together, etc.? So they can be in customer service. They're very caring, nurturing, supporting. But they can also be in law. They'll look at how does these two things fit together? Do I understand what's going on there? And they, so you'll often find them in that particular that particular place. You find teachers, communicators, or people that just say, okay, the kids that took things to bits to try and work out how they worked. They weren't the inventors. They weren't the creative, creative inventors. They just want to see how, how, do I understand how this works? And then you have the kind of metal energy types, which are often one of the groups of people that are most misunderstood in our society. And they're often saying, their eternal question is, what's missing? What isn't there? And they like to measure. They love numbers. They, they like to say, well, what is there and what isn't there? And how could we make this really simple? So, so they in a situation that some people come up with all these different ideas and they'll pop and say, yeah, but you haven't thought about this. Mm. Oh God, you're so negative. Mm. Why do you, why it was all going so well. And then you suddenly say, we haven't done this. We haven't done this. This isn't very efficient. This, but actually they're the people that make a massive difference to the world. Um, their ability to say what isn't there and what should be done in the same way as the people like Richard Branson saying, well, is this, is air flight sustainable? Our aeroplane, is it is the fuel sustainable? Is it safe? Mm. He has comes a quick answer of no, it isn't, and therefore we should do something about it. Mm. So those are the kind of classic, there's layers and layers within each of these individuals, and we have a blend of each of these energies within us, but one is usually more dominant, and that leads to this eternal question that we go through life searching, searching for. So I, I think you get those an appreciation of those energies. And I'm kind of wondering when listening to you is do companies maybe have a, a dominant energy sometimes as a culture? So I'm thinking of water. You're talking about safety. I'm thinking of Volvo. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, customer services and earth as first direct, you know, do you find that? Oh yeah. If you look at, um, you look at organizations and it, every business has an energy to it. And the people in it are, are, that's started it often will have that 
have that energy to it. So Apple was the innovation, wood energy, the slightly dictatorial controlling Steve Jobs with his metal energy with how, with how simple can we make it? And that defined Apple and its brand, innovation and simplicity. Um, so, so we'll often see certain companies will have an energy to it, and that could do certain well, certain do really well at certain stages in the economy because the economy has a certain energy to it. Uh, politics has a certain energy. So, it's how do you blend those together? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So we've got we've got just three minutes until commercial break, and we can always continue this question after. But I wonder. You know, these energies, what I'm sensing is that actually we'll probably a blend of them. Yeah. Um, the way that you articulated there, you know, water and earth as a water and earth as a mix, water and earth um, as, a, as a mix there for uh, the company you were just talking about. Um, but do your energies, you know, are they fairly static? Are they uh, established when you're a child or do they change? And I also wonder this test that you apply, the vitality test, is actually free. So I'm also interested in why you provide it for free. Okay. <laughs> Bit of a, a commercial question. That was two, que- two questions in one there. I'll do the first one first, then we'll have a commercial break. Right. Yeah, basically you're born with your particular energy type, and if you look back in your childhood, you can see you've played that out uh, most of the time. What does happen, though, however, as you get older, your water energy starts to increase. So you start mm-hmm. to say, okay, what are the consequences of these actions? And the other thing about water energy is it's the only energy that leaves its mark on the earth. So think about grand canyons and glaciers and valleys and etc. They're all formed by water as an energy. And so as we get older, we say, okay, what's the significance and the consequences of my existence and what would I want to leave behind me? And that starts to brew, brew up and build up. Purpose starts to come in. Meaning starts to come in. And our earth energy also starts to build a little bit, which is why we want to be part of communities and families. Whereas when we're young, we want to be individuals. So it's those two energies starts to increase and starts to inform the way that we, the way that we exist. I, I, that makes a really huge amount of sense. I can really, I can really see that. And you, know, you kind of write that safety around things like pensions and that sort of thing mm-hmm. become, you know, am I, am I safe for the future? Um, but and also that desire to leave a legacy. I really feel that kind of building up in me, thinking, "Oh, crikey, getting a bit older now." Uh, and um, yeah, that 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 connectedness though with people, because uh, you can certainly go away to college and you know you, you leave the nest, but actually you then like you know I see the frailty of my father now, so I'm heading home again this weekend because I want to spend some time with him because it's important. Um, so I really get that. Yeah, what you're talking about. Uh, so I'll tell you what we'll do. Shall we talk about the vitality test a bit more after the break? And uh, we'll, I'd like to talk about some, um, you know, some as- other aspects, practical um, uses of this. But also I'll tell you at the end of the interview, if you hang on, you know, how to do this vitality test for free. You know, that's um, uh, another example of kindness, I think, coming from Nick, is that uh, Nick's not charging you for doing that. So, you know, we should all take it. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching 
facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and I'm with Nick Haynes, and we're talking about about kindness. And um, what I wanted just to ask you, Nick, I did mention that the vitality test is free uh, before the break, and uh, you know, just share with us why. Um, I think there are a number of reasons why it's free. The, the the primary reason is that it's a really, really powerful tool, uh, and I want to make it available to 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 youth, to kids, to basically, we had 200 students take the vitality test. They wouldn't have taken it in one go. We, they wouldn't have taken it if, if there was a money, uh, money attached to it. Um, so I wanted it to be freely available, and it, it will always be free. The other one is that we're, we're, as a planet, as a world, we're sitting on the edge of chaos. We're sit, there's lots and lots of things going on. Lots of people have hope, but hope can sometimes be slightly what uh, it can actually be uh, more harmful than good we are sitting in a place where we've got to make some very tough decisions we've got to start understanding each other better we've got to have a level of of understanding about us as individuals why we function as we do why we interact as we do why we respond as we do to to certain situations particularly when we're under stress and I don't know a better tool than the vitality test to really get you to understand who you are and for me to understand who you are and to see how we interact when we're under stress because we're at a time of enormous amounts of change and we and when you're under times of change we get stressed and and we need to find a way to really understand each other to be able to navigate through what we have got to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's free very, very consciously because I, my firm believing is, belief is that the world really, really needs it. And the evidence is from people that take it is this is life changing. This gives me a completely different view on myself and my, and my partner or my business or whatever. So it's a gift because we need it. And how do we persuade those people who are really you know, making those big decisions at the moment. You know, I'm, I'm seeing an opportunity here for Donald Trump and Kim Jong-il, or uh, the, I'm saying that name right, but um, at the moment that they could probably do with doing this test, but I'm just not sure it would get into their listening. No, I, I think it, it wouldn't, but it's like lots of things that start as a groundswell movement. Uh, it just it just starts to build up ordinary people having conversations and taking the test. I had a very, very moving thing from a, a father and a daughter that weren't getting on. 
he took the vitality test, knocked on his daughter's bedroom and said, I want you to take this. She went, <laughs> then she took it. And then they had an hour and a half of the most meaningful conversation that they had ever had in the whole of their life as a result of deeply understanding each other. So you're not going to get Donald Trump executive to take it. But if we do at an individual level within our businesses, within our schools, with our kids, then you just get to understand, okay, I understand why Donald Trump does what he does. And I can work mm. around it, with it, whatever, and work out to bring out the best in him as an individual. He's yes. under stress. He is. He's under enormous amounts of stress. And we're seeing what his energy type does when it's under stress. Yes. So. And that's, uh, that's true, you know, true for all of us, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we, we all, when we get under stress, we operate in a certain way. And yeah. you know, somebody's got to be there to yeah. make these big decisions. But it, it was very much like complementary health. They said, oh, how can you persuade conventional medicine to adopt these different ways of doing it? And I said, you can't. You won't do it. But we can show an influence. And now virtually every hospital has an acupuncture department. It's just considered mainstream to meditate. That didn't come from the top. It came from a groundswell of activity of people recognizing as you said right at the beginning, what is the value of kindness? What is the value of the vitality test? And when you really understand that, it actually spreads. Mm-hmm. We don't market it, and we just get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just take it. Yes. Because they yes. just spread it around. Yes. And it's quite um, yeah, very, very interesting that. I was just, that, that point you made there about meditation, um, I was sharing an example to a, a large group of, uh, of leaders last week uh, around around meditation and I explained that actually one of my clients the first time I've ever had this happen um, I was going in for a meeting with two clients actually and one of them said you know what I'd really love to do bits maybe seem a bit strangers to you but I'd love for us to do a meditation before we we actually do the work today before we have our meeting and we got it was a lovely lavender garden outside and we sat there and we we did this meditation we had one of the most productive meetings mm-hmm. that I've ever had yet I was explaining this to this group of leaders and I think they um, one or two people got it but most of them didn't, didn't really see any significance <laughs> in it whatsoever yeah and that, and that comes from <laughs> experiencing and you've got to have also have a name for it if you call it mindfulness then that's a much yes. easier name for people to adopt yes we we have gone with kindness we could have chosen love but you say, oh, we're going to bring love into businesses. It's a kind of a, it, whereas kindness, people are starting to get their head around that actually this has a useful, it's a useful word for us mm. to, to consider in the same way as mindfulness was a useful word to replace meditation, yes. relaxation. Or yes. we're going to do relaxation. Okay, that's cool. Yes. That's helpful. Excellent. So can you give us a practical example of where, you know, kindness and these energies really come together within business? Yeah. Um, earlier, we were talking about change, okay? Uh, there were lots and lots of changes happening. So we've got globalization. And, uh, and for, for businesses to survive, they fundamentally need to change. So let's look at an example of, 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 of where it's useful within change. So you might be in a business and you've got to move buildings. You might be in a business where you've got to introduce something new or you've got to make some fundamental change. Now, if you understand each... All the, all the energy types, you can address their core concerns and their, this eternal question they have in the process of change. So you, you're going to create some change. And for the, for the water energy types, their question will be, okay, this is change happening, but is it safe? Is it sustainable? Have we got the resources to do it? I'm not sure this sounds like a... So you address that concern for them within the change process that, okay, these are the resources, this is sustainable, this is the safety, this is the logic, this is the purpose behind it. And they'll go, okay, 
I get the purpose, I get the sustainability, I get the resources, okay, I'm on board. The wood energy types, you're asking that question of, they're asking that eternal question of, am I free? You box them in and trap them in within that change and you force them to do it. You get passive resistance. Mm. You get rebellion. You get disruption. Whereas if you were to give them the freedom to be involved in the process, to be creative, to come up with different ideas within it, you've got them on board and they really go for the change because they love new things. Fire energy types, they're, they're thinking in the situation of change, okay, I, all this change happening, but I, I'm not feeling appreciated. I'm not feeling valued. I'm not feeling, so all you need to do is make those people feel valued and appreciated. And you know what? Let's have a celebration that we're doing well. Let's celebrate, because sometimes people uh, with change, they they create the change by making the past bad. But fire energy types, they love the past because it has happy memories and all these things happen. You've suddenly made it really bad in order to sell the change. Mm. Don't celebrate the past and celebrate the change and, and use the wood energy types to come up with good ideas to have a celebration. Uh, earth energy types, you've got to say, their question will be, uh, I, I, do I understand what's going on? So you might, as a uh, as a director of the company, you might not have a lot of earth energy, but they need to understand what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and what they need to do. Just lay it out for them. And when they do that, they'll organize things, they'll get things. And if you don't do that, they're under stress. Metal energy types, their eternal question is, uh, what's missing, what isn't done, is this simple, etc. And they, if... if they think you're doing a sloppy job or they or they they don't see the they see well look, this is just really inefficient they will rebel they'll they'll be passive again they'll resist passively uh for it and, and moan and just say different things or just walk typical water and uh, metal energy types when things go aren't right they walk and you have no idea that they were going to do it and they're often people that are doing the numbers and the real mm. you suddenly lost your financial controller, just when you're in the middle of change because they can't see, that they just see inefficiency, inefficiency, and it drives them mad. So involve them, make sure that's addressed. So if you're in a situation of change, you just need to do those five things. Mm. And if you know the energy type of the different people you're talking to, then you make sure you really, you really address it. But it's really simple. Just cover those bases and everyone will be on board with the change. It will cost you less money. You'll have less staff leading. You'll reduce down the stress. you increase productivity. And in your new situation, you'll get up and going running. Quicker, yes. much quicker. Yes. It's really simple. Yes. Just address those five things. Yes. I, I can see or listening to you that you know, something like you know, how important this is because something like you know, if, if you're running a change project, what you have to accept is that probably with with the metal energy that you're going to get some negativity mm. and uh, some cynicism and people looking looking for the gaps, which might seem very frustrating. But actually, if before you you know launch that um, program, you're actually aware of the the need for safety or the need for freedom, uh, the need for being liked, uh, the need for being feeling understood and, uh, and and that some people are going to be questioning what's missing, but you uh, you appreciate that beforehand. You can be prepared for that, can't you? Yeah, and, and you also might, if you listen to those, you, you give them, you listen, you say, okay, that's really interesting. What I have done is I have missed out. This is actually an inefficient way of doing it. How could we do it more efficiently? Yeah. So it's, it's listening as well. Yes. Well, we've not got, uh, probably got another five minutes left till we're, you know, completely at the end of the interview. So I just want to ask you, you know, is there a gender difference or a professional difference when it comes to kindness? 
Oh, oh, yeah. Um, well, that's a, yes. I think I think what happens is we perceive to be kindness to be a softer yeah. way of behaving. So we therefore think, oh, that must be more female. But actually, being kind is actually sometimes quite a tough thing to do. I don't believe in being cruel to be kind, but it actually isn't sometimes the easiest decision to make. So I don't think kindness is owned by any particular gender, um, although you see it perhaps more, in, we, we recognize it more in females. But you look at, say, someone like Nelson Mandela and how he dealt with that incredible split within, and he had the earth energy, he had no other earth energy, he, how do we bring people together to create this rainbow nation? And he listened to people, he wanted to get them to understand. So that was a very male person doing it. So there is a little bit of a gender perception, but actually we, 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 both, we both earn it. And some businesses considered to be kinder businesses like health. Mm. as a kind business and then we have all the gendered professional stuff yeah. around that yeah yeah which which is not always the case or they're not always uh, you know tread in a kind way as we know from no. the medical profession <laughs> and some of those um what i really wanted to spend a little you know a couple of minutes before we we go on is just really to understand a little bit about what's happening in your organization right now and you know what's next for nick Haynes. no um well what we're doing is this is me being kind to myself uh i we're training more we're training more people to use this system. So we're accrediting more people to be able to use the vitality test, to be able to debrief people, to be able to put it into organizations. So the whole, my whole mission is to externalize this. We're in a very vulnerable situation. Most of it is, is in my head. And the whole idea is to externalize this. And, and the kindness thing is, is, what, is what we're about. And it's how you externalize that, but it's how you get people to use the vitality test, how we can use it functionally, how we can apply it in families and businesses and schools and all sorts of places. So it's training people at the moment. Yes. That's what we're doing. We're training people. And we're heading to heading to America next year. We're training all the people that are saying, when are you coming? When are you going to train us? So it's great. <laughs> and where's that going to be? Uh, we've not yet decided. It's probably going to be West Coast because we've got a whole group up uh, near kind of San Francisco, Seattle that are really, really keen to be trained. Excellent. So we keep asking, when are you coming? And South Africa, we've got a lot of people in South Africa that want to be trained. So excellent. So is that you and the lovely Janet Carter are going to be? Oh yeah. Yes, Mrs. Mrs. Kindness. Yeah, me and Janet and Matthew Matthew Newnan, my other business partner. We're going to we're going to um, move around. We've got a lot of coaches in Norway and Iceland at the moment. So we've got a lot of Vikings. Mm. They're on our side, oh. and we're just spreading out across the world. Oh, I like it up there. Well, if you've got if you've got any room in your suitcase, just just give me a call. And let me know. Um, so, do you have any final messages that you'd like to leave us with? Yes, I think um, I think that the thing is, it's really touching on what we were looking at before. This idea of asking that question, that really simple question: is it is this kind to me? Is it kind to someone else? And is it kind to the planet? And just get in the habit of asking that question in certain situations and asking it and, and it's not designed to be a judgment to say okay oh, that wasn't so now I fail now I feel really bad about myself the idea is just to try it get used to it and you might look in your business and say okay well what could I do here that actually because there is enormous amounts of evidence in your business if you are kinder you will have better profit better results yeah. less staff turnover etc so the big thing is just to ask that question is it kind Wonderful. That's all we need to do. Wonderful. Nick, it's been um, an absolute pleasure to talk with you today. It's been very kind for you to join <laughs> us and, and talk about kindness. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Lots of ideas and thoughts um, that have come through from today. So go away 
uh, really value kindness, um, be kind to yourself, um, be kind to you know, look at others and to the planet, but really see the benefit in it in terms of um, you know profit and contribution as well, I think. So, Nick, I hope you've enjoyed being with us today. Oh, I've absolutely loved it. My two favorite subjects, kindness and Chinese energies in one room together and with you. So it's great. Fantastic. Well, to find out more and take the test for free, go to www.fiveinstitute.com. That's F-I-V-E institute.com or the vitality test.com or the vitality uh, on next week and um, session um, i have jim palmer uh, jim is going to be talking to me about creating your dream business and lifestyle and jim has certainly done that i spoke to him yesterday i said where do you live and he said um, well i'm currently off rhode island because i live on my yacht um, so I thought, well, actually, uh, he really does know about how to create a, an amazing lifestyle. Um, so do join me next week. I'll be talking with Jim Palmer. Once again, a huge thank you to Nick Haynes. I wish you all uh, the greatest of success um, in your week. And go out there, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, be kind to the planet. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.